Hi, I'm Katie Humphrey and welcome to the Behind the Business podcast. And today I have a really exciting guest with me. It is the fantastic Victoria Jenkins. Hi, Victoria. Hello. Hi. Hi. Welcome. (laughs) Thanks for having me. No problem. It is is great to have you on. Um, So, Victoria, do you want to tell us all a bit more about you, um, kind of who you are, where you're from, what you do? Um, Brace yourselves. There's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm Victoria. I live in London. I have worked in the fashion industry as a garment technologist for 12 and a half years, um, going freelance three and a half years ago. However, I eight years ago nearly died from a perforated ulcer. And from that, it's kind of brought me into um, the disability realm as further operation surgeries, various things removed or reconnected and medication all the rest of it which gave me the idea for my clothes company which I only launched actually last year although I registered it three and a half years ago um because you know working for other people and being chronic sick doesn't always go hand in hand especially in the fashion industry so um yeah so I launched Unhidden which is an adaptive fashion range for people with disabilities so we have you know trousers that are designed specifically for wheelchair users and trousers for people that have stomas or um, super pubic catheters and then shirts and tops that are designed for wheelchair users or people that have chest ports or are fed via pick lines in their arm so they haven't got to get undressed to access any parts of their body which is obviously the downside to all clothing um, so that's taking up most of my time at the moment in my usual day-to-day life I'm a garment tech for other companies um, so that's like getting it's like being a garment engineer, getting the fit correct on different garments before they go into production and then approving them to production. Um, thanks to the pandemic, I started making masks because of my own chronic health issues. And then I ended up setting up on Etsy and called it Victoria and Studio, which I've now linked to my usual freelance work as well. So I make masks, do a bit of artwork, sell the pattern, do freelance work like pattern cutting and bespoke clothes making. And then I also launched um, in the summer of last year an online art class called Phallic Fruits, which is uh, (laughs) one of my sillier and funner, funner, I'm not sure that's a word, um, ideas. I like it. (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll go with it. Um, And that is what, as you know, sort of does what it says on the tin. All of the images that you look at and draw are phallic, but they're fruit and veg. They're not, you know, they're not actual human anatomy which I think is how I get around the Instagram algorithm to be honest (laughs) and then um uh and they're quite mindful so they're you know for an hour I give you different drawing activities to do on different slides and it's all to a raunchy soundtrack so that's quite fun (laughs) uh and then I've also just I'm about to launch Kickstarter for a company called No Comment Required which is an ethical clothing um sort of brand making slogan clothing so um no comment required is sort of, you know, when someone said you explain your sort of health story to them and they'll say, you know, well, have you tried yoga? It's kind of for those moments when you're like, oh, no comment. So that's why we came up with the name. But um, the first two slogans we have is just our brand. And then also disability looks good on me. Uh, and we'll also be doing mental health awareness and um, sort of eco awareness. It's all made. Um, it's going to be made in a woman owned factory in Bulgaria using dead stock cloth, uh, which is the same as my is unhidden that's being made in the same place and it's also from dead stock so we're using fabric that would otherwise go to landfill we're not creating more so we're trying to be as sustainable and i use well i use the word socially responsible because sustainable could mean anything 
and it's been so widely overused that it doesn't really make any sense so yeah that's that's all the things that I do <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing and um I know obviously from our conversation um, um before this recording you were also telling me about um love camp yes that you do yes uh, so just... love camp it's a new it's a new sort of festival as it were uh, and it's kind of aimed at couples but also singletons you know it's all I mean it is basically all around sex love getting to know your own body uh, and it, it opens on Valentine's Day this year and uh, it's run by Stella Ruffini who is this incredible I hope she doesn't mind me saying her age but 73 year old <laughs> tantric sex teacher I mean she's just she's flawless and she's yeah she's absolutely incredible I think she's she's new she's new to tantra and that she's not she wasn't doing it when she was 50 um she's completely changed her career and her life and here she is at 73 doing this and it's got lots of different partners doing different things that are from mindful to yoga to tantra to i think there's food related things that's not phallic fruit <laughs> but um yeah there's a little bit of every there's something in there for everyone and it's it's all I mean, it's, it is wholesome in that it's just really reconnecting with your own body, um, but from a, a sensual sort of aspect. That's amazing. So, yeah. I think that's incredible. And that must all keep you insanely busy. Yes, it yeah. does. I've had like, I think my organisation skills have gone up, but it means that everything else has fallen down. So I've not done very much laundry this year. <laughs> I've not, <laughs> not cleaned. I've not cooked. I've actually, I used to love cooking and I'm quite good at cooking. And the last few times, because I've been so distracted, it's been awful. And my boyfriend just sort of goes, do you just want to not bother with <laughs> cooking until you've got time? <laughs> and I, I was like, oh my God, I really have ruined it. So I pulled out all the stops. Christmas and New Year's, I did cook better. And everything. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Back in, you have to definitely be doing just the cooking, not cooking, answering emails, phoning people. You can't, you really can't do it all at the same time. And I'm trying to be a bit tougher on myself with boundaries because I keep, I'm near, you know, I'm my own boss essentially. So I can decide when I get up and when I stop. But I, what happens is I panic about how much I've given myself to do. So I can't sleep. Then I get out of bed. Some days I've gotten up at six o'clock. And then I'm like, well, I'll just keep going until it's all done. And then it's 10 o'clock at night and I haven't necessarily always had lunch or stopped to have dinner or stepped away from my screen. And just before Christmas, obviously, burnout sort of was very much present and just thought, why am I like, I, no one else knows when I set these deadlines for. There's no one else that knows when I want these things to be ready. So I sort of tried. I failed massively in the first week. I've tried to stop working at five o'clock. But then I hurt my back because I was sick and I was working from bed. And then I ended up in hospital because they were worried it was a spinal injury and I had to have a catheter. So that was last weekend. Oh gosh. <laughs> so then this week I was going to have off. Um, so I've done quotations with my things. There. I was meant to have <laughs> off. Um, I think I had, I was just doing, you know, canvas on your phone. So when I, when it comes to creating graphics, I was still, you know, still emailing people and reaching out and stuff. So Today I'm determined after this, I'm going to have the afternoon off. But then I realised I double booked with another phone call. So <laughs> now it's an hour later. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm terrible at keeping my own promises, but I really am having the afternoon off, I think. I hope. 
I do yeah, think cool. though that that boundaries are a lot harder to have when you're self-employed um, and you you kind of I, I mean I found I went into self-employed thinking that boundaries would be so much easier you know because you're your own boss you can do what you want if you don't want to work today you don't work today but that's just not how it's been for me yeah. and how I've, I've when I've spoke to a couple of you know I've spoke to other people they've said the same thing because you've got all that pressure on yourself haven't you you know it's your business it's yeah. your it's your income it's your money that you're trying to make exactly you're so aware if you're not doing anything you're not actually making any money um, yeah but then obviously some of the time you know the things you know like setting up I don't know a Stripe account that's not going to make you money but it is things that need to be done you know all the boring I mean the boring stuff is really where I struggle because it's dull I still like <laughs> I've tried so hard to get things automated and I'm still not there no. like the, with the email newsletter blog website thing no but I've actually I mean I have vaguely I had a tiny bit of funding and I found the power in hiring other people to do this stuff because you know we have it drilled into us that you know you must if you have your own business you've got to work all hours of the day you have to do everything mm-hmm. I thought but I don't know how to do accounts so why I'm not going to I think it's a waste of my time to learn because it is you know you can't you can't say that you can learn all the things you need to know in as quick a time as you need to do them. Yeah. So then like, you know, you'd never get started. You'd never launch. And that was the thing I was finding with Unhidden. I was so determined to do so much of it myself that it just, it was kind of mothballed. I, like I was talking about it all the time, but I wasn't actually doing anything because I didn't know how. Whereas I did some courses at the beginning of the year. Um, I did a lot of courses actually at the beginning of the year. Like it was really worth the self-investment. Although now I'm like, God, I wish I had that money again. <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it got to the point where I built the website for Unhidden I did that and it didn't take me a very long time to do I set up the Etsy shop which actually that is very easy if anyone ever wants to do that like that is I found quite intuitive so it was good um and yeah and like sort of learning how the the tips and tricks around social media as well like there's no set if you do these things it will succeed but there are certainly ways of analyzing your own data and working out sort of the best things to do and what does and doesn't work and experimenting it and I think the the biggest thing for me was actually it doesn't have to be perfect anymore because you can archive things you can hide it you can rebrand it but if you keep waiting until you're absolutely happy with it it's never go it's never going to go anywhere so I yeah I decided I think only in October last year I was like right unhidden we're going to launch it in November on my birthday we're going to have the website live I was like, I'll give myself a month to put it all together. Because <laughs> we'd had the samples made, we'd done a shoot, but I was like, I, c- I could just, you know, they- I could put this off till next year. I could say, well, it's the end of the year. Um, and I just thought, you know, like the achievement for me was actually just getting it up and running. It's still, you know, there's still a lot of coding that it needs. Um, there's all sorts of things that I know what I wanted to do. I just don't know how to do them. Um, so I'm still trying to find the money to pay somebody else because again, it's just a waste of my time. Like yeah. I'm, I'm a designer. I'm not, you know, I didn't learn coding. So I think it would be daft to spend time and money learning how to code when that's not what I need to be doing. So, yeah, especially when you, well, it's, it's a bit of a sweeping statement, but you know, if you did do the courses to learn how to code, you still might not be able to code to the level that you need to, to do what you want to do. So then, exactly. you know, you've, you've got to play to your strengths, haven't you? Um, and like you said, you're the designer, not a, not a coder so yeah. outsourcing is the kind of best route yeah. to go down I suppose for that 
Plus paying like other small independent freelancers, you know, you kind of feel like you're supported, like it kind of supports yourself because then they'll come to you if they need X, Y, Z sort of things. You know, I've had almost, almost everyone I've paid to do something for me has then either come to a phallic fruits class or they've had a consultation about how to do things with their clothing ranges or, you know, they've sort of sent me things, which is very nice. So like there's always, you know, it, it's more of a there is more of a community I think than people realize in the self-employed thing but I am a member of a, like a freelance network group called the coven mm-hmm. so yeah, like me that too. I mean that for me I was so oh you're in there yeah, oh, yes, of yeah, course. yeah, yeah. That's how I find... god my brain <laughs> yeah so like that I mean thank goodness I went to a talk in October 2019 that Sapphire the owner was at and so was Sarah Powell and so is Aja Barber. I literally, I met all of my heroes in one evening, basically. Um, and now Sapphire, actually, I'm helping her with her clothing range, oh, which is exciting. Amazing. Um, but yeah, I signed up to the waiting list. And I think it only opened in January, pre-pandemic and everything. and hadn't really tapped that much in, but as soon as lockdown occurred and then Sapphire started doing those sort of coffee mornings and everyone sort of just started engaging a bit more, I think, because we were all stuck at home. Yeah. I started really using it. And then, yeah, now I've got heaps of, I mean, genuine friends that, you know, from that one little place. I love it. It is. It's amazing. And I, I joined the coven uh, at the beginning of the first lockdown. Um, yeah, the beginning of last year, and I was on the wait list, and I got the email, and I ummed and ahed, and I thought, you know, because it was at the very kind of beginning of me setting up my first business, mm. and you know, when you're like, oh, can I? I mean, and it's not expensive, but it's still an outgoing, it's, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You still have you kind of have to justify it, but it's, I mean, it is worth. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Really and I and I, I did. I went for it and I joined, and it's been one of the best things that I've done for my business. And and like you said, the community in being self-employed is just unbelievable and I didn't think I didn't even know it existed um but you know similar to you you kind of hire somebody to do something for you or you know you put a question out there and the response and the community and and the connection is just something that I've never found anywhere else it's incredible it's really really nice and you can even just post in there and be like I've had a shit day sorry I don't know if I'm allowed to swear oh yeah no no, it's fine yeah (laughs) you can (laughs) but yeah you can sort of have a good old rant and then everyone else will be like yeah we get it we're here you know and then there's usually advice or a workshop or a webinar or just just someone saying I'm sorry you've had a bad day yeah and that's it's really nice it is it is really nice um and that actually kind of leads us on a little bit to what we were actually going to talk about <laughs> apart from all things business mm-hmm. um was about uh how to be an ally to disabled people so that was something yes. that you're passionate about and and wanted to kind of talk a bit more about Mm. so I suppose in amongst everything I've just talked about I haven't mentioned really that my sort of my main Instagram page is an advocacy page for raising awareness around disability Um, and I am a brand ambassador as well for models of diversity who also are fighting for better truer representation in media fashion and beauty industries Um, so I mean it's you know, I've, I see it from my point, like it's different for me because I have invisible disabilities. Um, I have a lot of gastrointestinal problems. Um, it's, it's, I'm in that weird position of I don't look sick and I'm aware that I don't look sick. I mean, my doctors tell me every time I go and see them and then we go through my test results and they're like, but you are. 
<laughs> and you know we're going to take something else out now um, <laughs> so it's um but you know when when you actually speak to other people in the disability community i think for a long time on my page people were a bit confused why i cared so much i think a they didn't realize that it, it was coming from personal experience and b that necessarily not even necessarily seeing it as disabilities i think because everyone kind of has this idea of disability in their head as you're in a wheelchair or you're on amputee, like it's a visible difference. Um, and I very much found with some people, not all, but I think even in, in the disability community, people that have a visible disability, they can be quite abrupt if they don't believe that you have a disability. And I think it's one of those, you have to kind of bear all and expose all. But by doing that, I have found that it's, you know, it's, I've had people reach out that have some of the same conditions as me that didn't know that there were things, the treatments or groups or places they could go and every time I get a message like that I'm like right this is why it's worth me doing it because it just makes it easier for the next people and I was 26 when um, an undiagnosed ulcer burst in my stomach and I sort of nearly died life-saving surgery and all the rest of it but I was still like oh you know I'll get better there even though I've been going to the doctors for years saying there's something wrong with my stomach um, classic being female and young even though I had exactly the symptoms of an ulcer amongst other things, um, it was very much dismissed until that happened. And then suddenly I got really good specialists and consultants that have been, they have been amazing. Um, oh, there was, I've lost my train of thought there. <laughs> but yeah, I, yeah. So for being sort of quite outgoing, busy, socially 26 year old, I mean, don't get me wrong. I have, I am my own worst enemy. I try and keep up a lot. Um, sometimes too much. I think any friends that listen to this will laugh at that statement. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's hard. It's hard to, you know, because you kind of go through this constant grief cycle of sort of wishing that you were like you used to be when you were younger or having more energy. And even in the eight years since, like I am less able now than I was even immediately after that surgery, you know, things have got worse and progressed and there's different symptoms. I'd say they're better managed and mentally I'm a bit better around accepting them and coping them coping with them but yeah it's really difficult to sort of advocate when you don't look disabled um but then that in itself you know i think we need to if people could see things more often then it wouldn't be that much of a big deal there's some incredible people like there's um rebecca will wilkinson i'm going to be really annoyed if i've got a name wrong her instagram name is the bag life of bex and she has a stoma and it like so many scars, which I think like her scars are actually a work of art in themselves. They are beautiful. And she routinely posts herself in like, you know, sort of this is me normally like in normal clothes. And then she sort of, you know, without her clothing on to show you what it looks like. And then even without the colostomy bag on, some of the reactions to, to it are just you know, you kind of, you want, I think people need to have a hard look at themselves while they want to tell an internet on a stranger who's very clearly got a condition is unwell, while you want to say something negative and nasty to them. You know, I think it's, are you okay, hun, time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we have, we've all got stuff going on. I don't think we need to, you know, have a go. But it's, but for her, I've watched over the last couple of years and like the amount of other people that now feel more confident in their own bodies. And that actually gets back to what I was trying to say. Like, I wish I had had more resources or more understanding or seen more about invisible illness and chronic illness when I was going through it, because I, I didn't see myself as any of those things. So I did, I wasn't looking for it. 
so you struggle because you're still trying to fit yourself into your role in your life that you've always sort of played that doesn't really work mm. and then I had a live on Tuesday with um, Joseph Bird, who's an ex-Paralympian with cerebral palsy, and he is absolutely sensational. And he said something that I literally, I'm almost like, I want to get it tattooed on me because it was so good. Um, I said to him, you know, what would, what do you want other people to know? Or, you know, what's, what, what's the problem with disability? Because it is still the last sort of, we're the largest marginalized group. We're the last taboo, you know, we've tackled age, rend age render age gender race and then still ugh, disability just seems to be the one that's left off and there's 14 million disabled people in the UK and 1 billion of us globally like there's there's a lot of us <laughs> um and he just said be brave and essentially what he meant what he meant was ask you know if you're not sure you know what's going on with someone if you can see they've got a problem ask because they're not going to tell you to go away if you do it with kindness Usually, I mean, if ever anyone asked me, I'd happily, like I happily tell people I don't have a problem talking about, I, I usually get my scar out at people all the time. So I have no problem with it. I appreciate that's not the same for everybody. But I think if you ask from a place of kindness, then you just feel a bit more included and a bit more thought of, you know, I've got friends that they've phoned ahead to venues to check that they're seating before even inviting me because if it doesn't have seating then they're not going to go and they're not going to bring me along or they will go but they'll say look there's a reason we didn't ask you we've already phoned and they don't have seats and like I mean I've cried when they've done that because it was just so I hadn't asked them to do it and I hadn't thought of it and that's just naturally kind of how we should really in the same way that we check in with people men like mental health during the pandemic everyone's checking in with each other more seriously on that which is fantastic but again, it's still people are forgetting that disabled people live in lockdown as their lifestyle. So, you know, everyone complaining, oh, it's so awful. And don't get me wrong, it is awful being stuck inside. But imagine shielding and you, you need carers and you can't have your carers. And then imagine everyone else celebrating going outside and you can't because you've never been able to get outside or you have to have somebody else with you, but they might kill you if they give you COVID sort of thing. Like it's, again, disabled people really got left behind during the pandemic and in lockdown one actually they sent out a blanket do not resuscitate order to every disabled like almost every disabled person regardless of age regardless of disability even you know like you can be in a wheelchair and you're completely fit and healthy so coronavirus isn't going to cause you any extra problems um but yeah basically sort of the government told everyone if you show up at hospital <laughs> we're not going to save you and there's all sorts of inquiries into it now. The Guardian's done a couple of pieces on it, but there is an inquiry into it. And they're not, they're not noticeably doing it as much at the moment, but it is still inherent in, you know, like I know if I showed up to the hospital next to someone completely fit and healthy, I'm pretty aware that they probably, even though our, our lives have the same value, arguably, I think I do quite a lot. I'm trying to do so much for, the, for my community. Arguably, I would be worth saving, but to a doctor... If they've got to make those kind of choices which if they get overwhelmed they will have to start making those choices it's kind of horrible to know that we live in a society that doesn't value disabled lives and how does that something like that make you feel well it it makes you feel a bit worthless it's just like what's the point in being here and well not not from a suicidal point of view sorry that sounds really awful but it, it's kind of a you know, how, how bad do things have to get before somebody will help you? Um, and how, just how unkind, how did we all get so unkind to each other? You know, like it's, it, 
and oh, I hope I don't rant too much about this. It's a capitalist point of view, frankly. It is the assumption that we cannot work, we can't contribute, we have no value. And therefore, we don't matter as much. I mean, I saw in lockdown one, I saw some not close friends, but friends of friends. And they were like, oh, they were so worried about the economy. They were like, well, you know, just let the vulnerable die then. I'm like, you know, you said that out loud. You know who else kind of thought that way? Hitler. You're like, it's just eugenics at the end of the day. And there's a, there was a lot of it about, I think people just don't see ableism and how horrible it is. And how like, yeah, it's quite mentally to see that sort of opinion quite openly discussed and the language used like, you know, I mean, the, and the other thing that I always want to remind people of is 80% of disabled people were not born disabled. It can happen to anyone. You can have a car crash and then there you go. You could, you know, fall over and seriously injure yourself. Like it could be you any day. So if you've got that opinion that those sorts of lives don't matter or that suddenly that means they can't do anything of any use. I mean, I think disabled people are one of the most resilient and strongest communities I've ever met because constantly have to fight to live the same way and have the same rights as everybody else. I mean, the, the Disability Discrimination Act is only 25 years old and it's now called the Equality Act, but it took 25 years, um, well, in, in 25 years, you know, I've lost work because of my health issues. I don't know a single disabled person who hasn't either lost a job, not got a job. And I know damn straight, if I looked disabled, I wouldn't, if working in fashion, I wouldn't have even got an interview. And I think every single building that I've worked in wasn't accessible. So even if they had given me an interview, I wouldn't have been able to get into the damn room, you know, anyway. Yeah. Um, and that was, you know, I always made a point, especially when I'm freelancing, I always make a point. But in the last few permanent roles that I had, I, ha I said, you know, I have chronic health issues, they're managed. It might just be that I need to be able to remotely work, work from home. I think almost without fail, that was the reason that I was sort of let go was because remote working wasn't possible. And then the pandemic hits and you're like, <laughs> oh, suddenly now every able-bodied person needs it. Now it's possible. But it's kind of been a good thing because it means now that a lot of jobs are remote and people are able to do it online. So actually for disabled people, like they've been able to, to like apply for jobs that before they wouldn't have been able to because they had to go into the office. So it's kind of there's pros and cons to things. Yeah. But yeah, we do all find it quite ironic, I would say, that a lot of us have lost work because you can't work remotely and then, yeah. Now all of a sudden everybody can. <laughs> yeah. I just, and I mean, I, I don't have a disability, so I think this conversation kind of just shines a light at, I'd say my ignorance, to be honest, you know, because you, you just, I you are ignorant to it if you if you're not living with it and just circling back to what you said earlier about the um the do not resuscitate mm. blanket statement that everybody got i mean i just feel so shocked that 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 that, and that was that was actually on bbc news for one day uh, but and that's, I was, that's and I what i was gonna like, say people aren't, why aren't people angry why aren't people yeah. furious that don't care as much about disabled lives and I think a lot of that is to do because it's not represented in the media you don't see it like I actually I thought everyone knew what adaptive clothing meant because I designed it I've been thinking about it for three years and my Instagram at that point was a bit of an echo chamber but I remember saying to a few people you know new people oh I design adaptive wear and people were like oh that's nice we're like it's a little bit groundbreaking actually 
So I didn't understand the reaction. And then I realized people didn't know what adaptive means. I was like, oh, I have to explain. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, if you don't see it on the media, if you don't see, like, and where where it's not the point, where we're not othered, it's not just a program about disabled people. It's like, you know, someone's in a wheelchair, yes, in a TV or a film or whatever, but the story isn't about the wheelchair. It's not about struggles or pity or it's not to be inspiring or just included because we should be included and it's natural like in the same way that heart well every disabled film role has gone to a non-disabled actor now don't get me wrong um eddie redmayne was breathtaking as stephen hawking and i you know i I stand by that film. I think that was absolutely incredible. But there's another film, I think it's called On the Road. I refuse to watch it. And it is about three disabled men who can't ha- can't get laid, basically. So they go on a road trip. And none of the actors are disabled. And it's it bashes out almost every single stereotype possible about disabled lives. And when they were questioned why they didn't use disabled people, the producers said, well... The accommodations needed, it would have taken too long to film, it would have been too expensive, so we just used actors. You know, like, if it's going to cost too much, then it costs what it costs, or you don't do it. (laughs) And also, don't write such a horribly ableist film to start with, because, again, (laughs) it's that implication that disabled people, and this is a whole other topic, like, that disabled people aren't sexual beings. I mean, that's really damaging, I think, especially in an age of Instagram and social media, you know, I've, I don't think I've ever seen a disabled sex scene. It was vaguely no. referred to in the theory of everything was Stephen Hawking obviously had children. So, you know, they do very, very tastefully, admittedly sort of allude to it. But other than that, like the, the common thing is you'll see people who, people who are disabled are cute. They're not sexy. We're like, oh, you're cute. You're cute. There's yeah. no, it's really, it's really infantilized. I think that's the right way to say it. Infanticizing infanticizing i can never get that word <laughs> right but um yeah yeah it's um it's a whole problem there's if you don't see it you don't know and because i see it all the time i just think i you know then i'm always shocked when i then go out into the world and go oh yeah no no one else knows about any of these things because <laughs> i think because i should talk about it a lot I think, God, people must be sick of me bleating on about it. I think I did that once. And one of my friends was like, no, you need to keep doing it because we haven't thought about this. We haven't seen it. It's not a bad thing. It's not anybody's fault. It's just that it's not shown. We're not represented anywhere in any meaningful way that makes it normal. Like it's not normalized. We're othered. We're not included. Mm. So, Yeah, no. And I, I definitely think it's something that needs to be talked about more just because even just like I said, this conversation has kind of made me realize how how ignorant I've, I am to it all and it's it's like you said it's because it isn't it isn't out there all the time you know like like you said the the DNR imagine if that was given to everybody over 80 with a health condition you know or just everybody I over mean they 80, did do like, it to them too like they were all given that as well were they <laughs> yeah oh my god oh yeah no, they, were no inc- they were included in that oh yeah anyone underlying health condition you know when and also like when that gets reported every time they sort of as if to calm everyone down they're like oh but they all had underlying health conditions you're like oh so it's okay then we shouldn't be worried if we're able-bodied like every time I read it and that's still every day they still use that sentence I'm like doesn't mean that you're worth less like yeah exactly doesn't mean oh you know yeah you're like if and then like oh you know able people are getting it too you're dying too and you're like 
so you're actually using that as a way to scare people now because before you weren't so worried about them because it didn't matter if the vulnerable people died like that was fine but now normal people are dying oh, sorry normal is also a terrible word to use um non-disabled as well i've realized the language changes all the time but able and disabled some people get really upset about so you should use non-disabled because abled implies that a disabled person is not able when we yeah. are able honestly like i have to constantly <laughs> refresh myself on the language and because there was a long time i would say disabled people and then some people prefer to be a person first and a disability after which is absolutely fair so i try and say people with disabilities but sometimes when you know like i mean even the tagline for trying to describe unhidden it was getting so long like socially adaptive no socially responsible adaptive fashion for people with disabilities i was like it is easier to say fashion for disabled people like that yeah. is much much quicker to say <laughs> um but yeah you know it's like all things the with accessibility like it's all nuanced and the language around it changes constantly so yeah I, I like I trip up and I'm in the community you know but I, I'm quite open to people say like telling me you've got this wrong or you shouldn't do it this way I'm like okay cool thanks for letting me know sorry won't do it again mm -hmm. like it's you know I think I've, just, I've had to lose my own fear I didn't talk about it as much as I do now because I was like what if I say it wrong and it's the same, you know, it's the same with, you know, racism. Like we, none of us said anything because we're like, what if we get it wrong? And it's that yeah. fear, like we can't be scared anymore. We've got to accept that we're going to get it wrong and then apologize meaningfully when we do and mm. move on and learn. Do you think that that does hold people back from talking about it though? Almost like the fear of, of saying, yes. saying something wrong. Exactly. I think it's fear and embarrassment. I think it's fierce. I mean, I was actually watching a makeup live yesterday by this incredible beauty influencer called Tess Daly, not married to Vernon. <laughs> and um, she was, you know, having a, doing a makeup tutorial and someone just wrote a comment saying, do you have to have help going to the bathroom? And I love her for her response was somebody else is applying makeup to my face. What do you think? <laughs> he was like taking a piss she's like you don't want to say hello how am i you go straight in with you okay hun you want to ask me immediately about how i go to the loo i don't walk up to a i don't walk up to you and say how do you go to the toilet you wouldn't yeah. do it um and i was like oh god but i was like cheering i was like yes <laughs> it, like it was brilliant i can't remember why i was telling that story now but yeah yeah it was just it was just about um people being scared to talk about it in case yes. they get it wrong yeah exactly that's it and then yeah so then I did a post um and it was quite scary because I put it on my LinkedIn my professional LinkedIn as well as Unhidden and put it everywhere um just with the sentence that I no longer believe the fashion industry has an excuse other than fear and elitism for not including disabled people because there is no excuse I know what like they don't they have resources they have everything they could, all of these bigger companies have everything they could need to make adaptive clothing. The reason they don't is because they don't hire us. Um, they don't put us in the design room. They don't put us on a runway. They don't consider us, think about us, see us, unless it's tokenism. You know, Aaron Phillips is an incredible example of that. Uh, they have graced the cover of Vogue, but they weren't making clothes for them. They were just using them as a model. And that happens a lot. Like, you, you know, the fashion industry has started using disability as a, another sort of token but they're still shoehorning them into clothes that aren't made for them aren't designed for them with in mind and it, it just blows my mind that it doesn't is that it's not already a big thing but that it's not a bigger thing like I wouldn't you know you wouldn't hire 
I don't know. I can't think. I can't think of a good analogy because I got angry at myself and at the world again. <laughs> but you know, you, it's it's a case of it just it blows my mind that you'd hire a disabled model and not make and be a fashion company and not then make the connection of, oh yeah, they can't really get into it, can they? Or it cuts into them when they sit down, or they can't pull one bit up, or they can't access parts of their own body. You know, it just, it, yeah, it drives me absolutely mad. And I don't believe there's an excuse for it anymore. So I'm not going to no. be quiet about it. And I think, I think, <laughs> I think it really shows where that is coming from, from the, the company that's doing it. So, you know, is that coming from a good place from them? Are they wanting to do it to be inclusive and yeah. to be progressive and to, you know, make a statement in terms of we're talking about this, we should all be talking about this, we're being inclusive? Or are they doing it, like you said, as a token, like, oh, look how good we are, look what we've done. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I think seeing how they do make it inclusive or actually mm-hmm. don't make it inclusive is, is yeah. really, you know, yeah it's been a lot of all mouth and no trousers yes (laughs) I mean quite literally Um, (laughs) yeah but I mean it has been really amazing the last few months even well I suppose the last year there has been who's that I don't know um there's been a lot of people new brands that have come up you know three years ago when I well three and a half years ago when I had the idea for Unhidden I had not you know I when I I was in the hospital and it was a, another woman that inspired me because she was really uncomfortable and had to keep getting naked when doctors came around because there was no other way for them to access things that they needed to and for her to show them. And I looked into adaptive wear and I thought, okay, well, A, there isn't any. And B, if there is, it's, you know, and it's not, this is not an attack on carers, occupational therapists, anything like that, but it's designed from a carer's point of view not from a person's point of view and it was all aimed at old people and it, and it kind of just looked like hospital pajamas anyway mm. and certainly none of it was sustainable um so yeah it was all just i was like well i'm pretty sure there's young disabled people that want to wear clothes <laughs> you know like why how like, this isn't a to... newsflash like, yeah i was on. like how how have we <laughs> got here but yeah there's more and more companies coming out every day and I usually do my best as well to um, champion other companies even though you know like because I think it's such a community of people and we do all speak to each other um in fact that's who I'm speaking to after this call I've got a call with a, an under, a disabled underwear company um sorry I just my laptop was going to die um <laughs> And yeah, we all talk to each other. So like we all know each other. So there's no, it's not the same as in the fashion issue. There's no like keeping everything close to your chest and not showing or sharing. It's much more open. Everybody knows everybody. We all, I think we've put each other in each other's blogs and, you know, generally we talk about each other's suppliers or problems that we've had. And I've had students reach out to me to ask questions because they're doing dissertations on it. And that, you know, every time they ask it, I'm like, yes, absolutely. And, um, I think usually they think that there's somebody else, you know, when they write to Unhidden, I'm hoping it looks slick enough that it looks like there's more people behind it. And <laughs> um, they're usually really surprised when I'm like, yeah, no, this is Victoria. They're like, oh, oh, I didn't think I'd get to speak to you. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's very nice. But no, it is just me. <laughs> that's why because I use the language like we, I'm like, oh, we're so excited. and like, I mean me, really. Yeah, we is me. <laughs> we is me. We're the same person. But I also I sort of say we is like we, the community that's how I kind of view it yeah. but yeah 
So just for the last question, um, what can you kind of suggest that people can do to start talking about this more? Like what can we do to be more inclusive and talk about things more well, I and think kind of get the so conversation going? There's kind of two things and one's an experimental thing. So the first one would be like just spend a day imagining you didn't have one leg and then try and like when you move around your own home when you go outside go to a restaurant to a bar I mean when we're allowed mm-hmm. and just think uh, you know like going to the bathroom having a shower just think about all the difference it would make uh, on your on your impact on your day-to-day life because then once you see it you'll go out and you'll see it everywhere like if you go to a restaurant and they've got a step in just to get inside the door you're immediately ruling out disabled people. If the disabled loo is full of toilet roll and storage stuff, because that's quite often what they do, or it's out of order and locked, or in some cases, the disabled loo is down some stairs. Like I've actually been places and like, how are they supposed to get down there? Just out of curiosity. Um, (laughs) And like places that don't, you know, if you go to a venue that doesn't have, like a music venue that doesn't have anyone doing sign language um, or they don't have an area that's big enough. I mean, there's, I've had spoken to some people, they've gone to theatres and they're only allowed to buy two tickets. So it's one person in a wheelchair and one person with them. They can't go as a family because they don't have the space. They have, don't have the space for like more than one wheelchair. And like, you will happily take their money, but you won't allow them to have, they, you can't let them just go with their friends. You know, so it's things like that. It's just once you notice it, is then calling it out. And then I think it's it's starting, like people start should start to reach out and ask for accountability in the same way that we do with racism now. If you know, if you see somewhere being performative, it's like ask what, what are you doing for disabled people? What changes are you making? What accommodations are you making to include them? Especially when it's very obvious that they haven't, you know. So yeah, I think it's uh, and, and asking, so I suppose there's a third one, asking to say to people, what do you want us to do? What can we do? Um, and yes, go, just just asking and being Brilliant. aware. That's great. Thank you ever so much. It's been eye-opening, honestly. <laughs> like it like genuinely has. Like, and I, I, I would love to talk to you more about it separately. Um, and yeah, definitely. I mean, just thank you. Thank you yeah. so much. I mean, much. there's so many, you know, Var just got, there's so many things I could have said. I'm like, oh, but it's, <laughs> you know, it's a lot of, I think it's a lot of information to take in as well, because when you have an, I'm so used to it. And then I say things and I can see on your face. And like, I've just said one set, I've said like five sentences in a row. Each thing could be followed up and we just don't, you know, sort of half the time. But yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. Appreciate well, no, definitely at some point in the future, I would love to have you back on and we can kind of, you know deep dive yeah deep dive (laughs) into the separate ones a bit more and just you know I'd I'd be honored to kind of have this as a platform to talk about disabilities and things like that that's why yeah I'm happy to talk about it anywhere I can because it it just helps the more the more more people talk about it the the more visible I hope it becomes yeah more unhidden we become (laughs) I like the plug there that that is that is why it was called that (laughs) and I think that's fantastic so thank you ever such uh, again thank you thank um, you Katie and thank you to everyone for listening and I will see you on the next episode thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Behind the Business podcast remember to like and share with anyone that might enjoy this let's create a community